The information expressed in the following podcast is intended for educational purposes only and was created by and belongs solely to Believe Limited and the Flow podcast and does not necessarily reflect the views of our sponsors. Please speak to your healthcare provider before making any medical decisions. Hi, I'm Jessica and welcome to Flow. I am here with Sarah Watson, sex therapist. It may sound meta, but we are going to talk about talking and talk about why talking about periods can be life-saving. With the most important question to start us off, hey, how's your flow? Welcome once again to Flow. We start off flow with the quick check-in to normalize the reality of menstruation. So, hey, Sarah. Hey. Hey. How are you, how are you doing? What's happening? I mean... This is straight talk about extreme periods, right? It sure is. I can't wait to hear what you're going to share. My shit is fucked up. It's en route to being less fucked up. Yeah. Seen some clinicians, but I have had massive ovulation bleeding. Oh, no. I also, thank menses, have been hosting the show. And so all of the symptoms that showed up, all of the realities I was experiencing did not cause panic. There were things I knew to track, things I knew to monitor, like size of clots, like what is a pea versus what is a grape look like. Right. Mm -hmm. How much of the blood felt like it was coming out in one gush versus over a period of time. Just things that I knew to know. I knew to know, thanks to flow. Knew to know, So I'm going to talk to my OB-GYN. Yes. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. That's where ovulation is hard enough, but let alone with like, well, let's bleed on top of that. Great. Right? Right. But there is this weird, I'm in such a unique position to be like, oh, this is what so many of our people have been talking about. Like, I'm like, welcome. (laughs) I should have a party hat on for you today. Thank you. I've had an extreme menstrual experience. (laughs) Mm, I'm sorry. Well, hopefully you'll get it figured out and see like what the hell is going on with your body. I absolutely will. Yeah. 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 How's your well, non-menses flow? How's your hormonal experience? How's your hormonal flow going? So I just ovulated. No bleeding. Thank goodness. Mm. Uh, and it was a little bit, you know, it's always like the day before. I'm like, why is this so terrible? You know, and I can feel it from which side mm. – Mm. And yeah, which is just so interesting. And scrolling through the internet, that seems to be pretty typical for people that have painful ovulation that they can tell which side. Um, so that was really interesting. I, I found that out on TikTok. Uh, so I liked to know that. But it's once it once I make it through the ovulation, it's better. So I'm mm. feeling better now, finally. Follow-up question. I don't think I've asked you before. When you feel it, mm-hmm. what does it feel like? Like, how, what would you describe Ooh. the kind of feeling that you feel? Like a sharp pain? That's a, or... Yeah, that's a really good question. So it's very ac- acute in whatever side it's coming from. And mm. it feels like someone is taking their, you know, you have to think our, our ovaries are very small, right? But someone is taking their pinky finger or pointer finger and just smooshing it as deep and as hard as they can into that ovary. And nothing makes it feel better. Yeah. Like, let me just poke you to the extreme. And it's very uncomfortable. 
It's not like and a Facebook very, poke. Back in the day. No, Remember those Facebook pokes? I do. I was kind of like, when, when did that? I'm going to try to do that to somebody today. <laughs> Can you poke them? <laughs> <'em? laughs> I'm going to poke them. But really, yeah. this is almost like it's my hair clip, but like an obvious, like this is how, yeah. how big is their ovary? Like this big? Oh, it's, I think it's even smaller. smaller. Yeah. Smaller I mean, we need to look that yeah. up. I think it's smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's having like a, when you say a pinky, that's because it's so small. It's just, that's as much finger as would mm-hmm. be needed to be an unpleasant poke. Yeah. And it's, it's just, and it doesn't stop. So it's like the pain of the worst part of the poke and it stays there. It's also, mm-hmm. I could also equate it to a very awful cramp that just stays right there in this very tiny spot. Mm-hmm. It just sucks. Well, and good. even cramping, because cramping can be like throbbing versus acute, like you're describing. Very acute. Very mm-hmm. acute. And always the same when it's ovulation pain. It's that acute, depending on the side, whichever ovary mm-hmm. is saying goodbye mm-hmm. to its egg. Saying goodbye, saying goodbye. It's like, see ya, but pushing it out with aggression, I guess. I don't know. burst. That violent burst. Violent burst, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Very active role of ovulation. Well, mm-hmm. I'm glad we added some color and details to what ovulation pain might feel like because it's important to talk yes. about your periods. On Flow, we're going to yes. talk about why, and it may sound cringe, to talk about talking, but it is actually an act of revolt. We're going to get into why right after this quick break. This ad is brought to you by Von Vendi, Von Willebrand Factor Recombinant. Hi, my name is Nicole. I didn't always feel empowered to speak up for myself or ask for the care and support I needed. Becoming part of a community and hearing other people's experiences helped to change my perspective. That's why my deciding factor is making my voice heard. To hear my story and access other helpful resources, drop by Von Bendy, that's V-O-N-B-E-N-D-I dot com slash patient dash stories. We are back and it is the mission of this show to normalize conversation about menstruation, particularly extreme menstruation. We're talking about talking because recently there was a ban on talking proposed. A Florida bill would ban conversation about puberty before sixth grade. We're going to get into the details of it, but I'm just going to pause for feelings here. I know we have a lot of fire around this mm-hmm. news. Yeah. I'm pissed. I'm angry. I'm outraged. Every anger descriptor. What? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. How about you? What are your um, I'm calling to mind I have so many. I mean, you know, I'm I'm holding it right here. And I'm also okay. coming it's what's coming to mind is Harry Potter. And there's a mm. portion in Harry Potter's epic tale where that Umbridge character, like you have to read between the lines of what is being said by authorities to really understand what kind of extreme suppression is going on. Mm-hmm. And this is a ban on baseline conversation around puberty. Um I'm trying to think. Like if there was a tornado coming mm-hmm. to your town. Would you want to be told? Would you want a warning? Yes, yes. Or would, I would. you rather it be a surprise? So for so right. many, puberty and any force of like menstrual shift is like a tornado. And mm-hmm. we have to deal with the whirlwind as it arrives. But it's great if we can get some warning bells to not have conversation for those about to experience or tornado of puberty is feels cruel, neglect, child abuse. No? Mm-hmm. There, I said it. Yeah. Yep. It yeah. is. It is. And we also need to remember 
that kids as young as eight are getting their first menstrual cycle. Eight. What? What? Well, you're saying what? Like that's so early or that's – Well, what? It's so early, but also if you're saying if this bill goes through and this tiny person is going to get her menstrual cycle, what happens if it happens at school? Mm Mm-hmm. So you're sitting at your desk at eight, nine years old, learning what you're learning about geography. You start bleeding. Your uterus starts releasing blood. Your body starts pushing that out of your body. And you're not allowed to discuss what's happening. Right. And you would have no idea if school was your only place for such reproductive education if you were not getting it in the home. Right. Which is totally typical. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Not to have that in the home. They expect the school to teach them. But now the school can't teach them. And what about like, you know, I also think, so I think about the poor, the poor person getting their period. I think about what about the educator? You know, we know a vast majority of the educators are people who menstruate. Mm. And so could you imagine being an educator who sees this child getting their period and you're not allowed to talk to them about it? You can't, you know, you just send them down to the nurse. Like, what do you even do? You send them to the office, but then those people can't talk to them about it. It's alarming. Right? And then also what immediately comes with that? Shame. Isn't it? Isn't it just, I mean, isn't it a simple, like, first, I don't know if critical race theory deals with this too in education, but First Amendment where you can't ban conversation? You can't ban someone talking about their period. If a teacher does did choose in Florida to stand in front and teach about puberty anyway, what are mm-hmm. the repercussions? Now, I don't know because we're not getting into the details yeah. of the bill right now, but I will sure, do a quick sure. recap and we will okay. play a quick clip of what it was proposed to clarify the clarity that the proposers have of what this bill would be doing. The bill is sponsored by Republican Florida State Representative Stan McLean and would mandate that only children from grades 6 through 12 can learn about human sexuality topics such as reproduction and sexually transmitted disease. Now, the umbrage thing, reading between the lines, this is mm-hmm. primarily an anti-LGBTQ, anti-queer, um, heteronormative agenda bill. At its root, it is teaching male and female biological sex as gender and as mm-hmm. sexuality expression. So that is the suppression and restriction. Periods being discussed is a, being banned from being discussed is almost a mm-hmm. side effect of that agenda, of the heteronormative agenda. Mm. But when McLean was questioned by Democratic State Rep Ashley Gant, asking him to specify if he understood that that would mean children who get their period at a younger age would not be allowed to ask questions, would not get their questions answered in school. To that question, he replied, it would. The bill would ban such conversation. Taking a close look at House Bill 1069, the center of a lot of controversy right now over an exchange between one state representative and the sponsor of the bill about human sexuality taught in the classroom. If little girls experience their menstrual cycle in fifth grade or fourth grade, will that prohibit conversations from them um, since they are in the grade lower than sixth grade? You recognize Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, it would. For the first time in a while, I was appalled. I was, I was really 
upset that the bill sponsor so quickly um, answered yes. Annie Filkowski with Planned Parenthood says this legislation could have harmful impacts on young girls. It's critical for young people to be informed about their bodies and to not feel shame when it comes to menstruating, when it comes to knowing their body parts, um, and especially when it comes to being able to go to your teacher or the school nurse if something comes up um, and and you need support. We believe that that's the appropriate age to um, to have these types of to have this type of instruction take place. While McLean said he was open to future tweaks, are you amenable to amendments that will put in place? the ability for little girls to still have that conversation when appropriate um, if that does occur. I would be. I, I would be amenable to having a conversation about it as a, in context with what we're trying to achieve in the bill. The bill moved forward out of this committee as is. The human sexuality component is just one small part of this 14-page bill. The majority of it deals with expanding on the parents' and community members' rights to challenge library books and other instructional materials in classrooms. Stephanie Suskind, WPTV News Channel 5. So, Sarah, what is the main problem if the baseline convo that we already know isn't happening right. across America, the baseline convo about menstruation and periods, just what is normal, what's not normal, that conversation isn't happening. Now that conversation mm -hmm. is under threat. What does yeah. that do for menstruators who are having extreme periods who need clinical intervention? Where does that put them on the map of secrecy, shame, and perhaps fatal experiences? Yeah, absolutely. People will die. A hundred percent. There will be girls that die because they don't have the resources. They don't know what to talk about. They have shame. They have guilt. They are fearful. Right now we're saying, okay, you can't have this. And I, it is absolutely under the heteronormative umbrella bullshit that Florida likes to, you know, prescribe to. And when we can't talk about What's naturally happening in our bodies. It's why Stan freaking McLean is on this earth. Because he came from someone who released an egg. Yes. Who bled. Who bled. Mm -hmm. Stan. Right? Stan, you not came from someone who bled. Chill that right. out. Why are they so scared? about our, this next generation having all of the information, all of the information, all students ha should have as much information as possible. We know that this heteronormative monogamous, let's push abstinence, at least in that direction, is a failure. It does not work. The Guttmacher Institute talks about it, often has researched it. It doesn't lower birth rates in adolescence. They are uh, teens or whomever are less likely to use contraceptives. And so when that happens, disease and birth rates go up. It teaches heteronormative as, as the end-all be-all, and we know it's not. And gender stereotypes, right? And we know that the AMA and ACOG also are like, heck no, this is not going to work. And then also majority of parents want this taught in schools. Like, give our kids the information. Because when they don't, that shame and guilt carries with them. And where do they end up? Oh, in my office. 
Which could be a lovely place to be. Love to be. Which is great. Yes. I want to talk to you about all the things. But I've also seen the impact of what it's like for a 50-year-old woman to get the education that she should have had as a young girl. Mm. And the detriment and the the sadness and the grief that comes with that because she didn't have it her whole life. Mm. About her own body. Mm. And the restrictive conversation, the idea of restricting conversation breeds more mm-hmm. of that unknowingness, lack of self, ability to yeah. identify what's going on in the body. That overcrowds the medical sector with people who don't understand what's going on in their body. Right. Right. And so then a girl could end up in the hospital because she doesn't know what's happening, that she's getting her her menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. When maybe there's – and I know this is extreme, but like to look at if someone ends up in – in the ER because they don't know what's happening to them and taking up space, but maybe there's someone down down the hallway who's having a real medical emergency, but this person who is having her menstrual cycle, her menses, isn't having an emergency. This is normal. Let's just put yeah. some more on our providers who also don't have the time to explain no, that's a- that. The basics, when the basics could be delivered at other times in a human life and other times in our education yeah. system where it's like, why is it scary information for Stan? Why is it scary information to talk about blood? Why is, as the bill proposes, the goal to only teach abstinence from sexual activity outside of marriage as the expected standard for all school-age students while teaching the benefits of monogamous heterosexual marriage? So it's a marriage propaganda bill. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> even irregardless, so it's like, even if you want to propose that, Stan, don't what is this? Don't include yeah. banning conversation about puberty. Like, I'm not happy with that bill in any degree, but that right. if that's your goal to keep monogamous heteronormativity happening, pu- pu- bleeding's still going to happen there too. Periods are still mm-hmm. going to happen in your upholding yeah. of this institution of repressive marriage. Right. Does need to be discussed. Comedians discuss it. Comedians yes. offer the best education we have for some folks. There's a wonderful yes. clip you sent me on Instagram I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. So I'm 33, and I don't think I'll ever have a handle on my period. <laughs> Every month I'm like, ah, I feel so bad. What is it? Is it my boyfriend? No, it's my period. <laughs> is it my job? No, it's my period. Is it my mom? It's kind of a two-hander here. They're in cahoots this month. And because I am always caught off guard, I'm just roaming the earth unprepared and bleeding everywhere. I'm bleeding one-fourth of every month. So, like, there's a one-in-four chance that when you talk to me, I am just gushing. Like, looking you dead in the eyes, talking about the weather or something and just hemorrhaging right in front of you. (laughs) It's like the shining down here, and up here I'm like, I wish it was sunnier. (laughs) Why is it a secret? It's also wild to me that we're not just alerting everyone all the time when we're on our periods, because it can be quite painful. Doctors are now saying that the pain we feel when we experience period cramps is equivalent to the pain we feel when we have a heart attack. And we didn't know that before because male medical researchers 
weren't getting periods. <laughs> and they didn't know that was a thing they needed to research. So we've been enduring this pain for years and just going to work, <laughs> buttoning up, going to work. Because we're trained that way. We're trained to be like, it's fine, it's fine. It's pain, but it's nothing. I can endure anything. And we can. But that doesn't mean we have to ignore the way our body feels. And I think these tampon commercials are detrimental. They're always like, oh, you're on your period? Don't let that stop you, girl. Get out there. Go surfing. Go play a sport. Get on a horse. I don't want to do that when I'm not on my period. Stop trying to force me outside. I want to lay down. If you saw a man bleeding uncontrollably and having a four-day-long heart attack, you wouldn't be like, don't let that stop you. Get on a horse. You'd at least be like, lay down. But that shows you how strong we are, that we can endure all that and still go to work and still go to school and still finish our stuff. Like, that's awesome. Right? But there should be a trade-off. Like, yeah, I'll go to work. I'll do everything I'm supposed to do. But I should be able to openly talk about how I feel. Like, if you go to work and someone calls you out, like, I noticed you were a little late today, Sandra, it should be well within your rights to be like, oh, I woke up with a pussy heart attack today. <laughs> So, things are gonna be a little slower today. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Okay, so yeah, so we're talking about the culture of it's fine, just keep going. Now, I mentioned at yeah. the beginning of this episode, I'm going through a little extreme thing, but it's fine, yeah. I have to keep going. Now, again, right. I'm not panicking, which I think would have taken me to my knees if I was someone experiencing this who did not know what was happening. Sure, of course. But this culture of keep going, get back on that horse. Literally and figuratively, right? When we know, right, like that the pain that we experience, if you experience pain with your cycle is equivalent, could be equivalent to a heart attack, right? Like, hello, that clip just said, equivalent to a heart attack, right? But keep going, right? Power through, girl boss, bullshit. No, honor your body, Honor your body, and I know we're going to get into another aspect of this, but like discipline, the self-discipline thing, the having to be hard on yourself, the fact that, at least this is my perspective, no one's going to be harder on me than me because that's cruelty. I want to be the right. hardest on me. So if I'm experiencing pain, I'm going to have to deal with when I need to take a knee or when not. Yep. No one else is going to make that decision for me. So then yep. what do you do if you're experiencing extreme things and you go into a doctor's office and they suggest some of those things, like just drink more water, yep. just try an elimination mm -hmm. diet. That's a very frustrating response for a lot of people experiencing extreme symptoms, but it might right. be a necessary course of action because then you still have to sit in front of a clinician who's dismissing pain, or you might need to sit right. in front of a clinician dismissing pain and say, right. with all of this reality, what is left is the pain. And we're supposed to push through. We have no tools. And just go, go do your job. Go, go live in this patriarchal capitalistic society that doesn't make space for women to go through mm. painful menstrual cycles and acknowledge it. And we are here, we are here because, or all of those men are here because of the people who menstruate, right? We bring life. 
what would it look like to have it centered around menstruation? Like in the utopia of a society built around like in the tribal days, birthing youth and menstrual practice. Mm. I mean, what would it look like? It's the it's having enough people aware of what needs to happen mm-hmm. so that even if there one person be, is down yeah. menstruating, there, it still happens. There's a lot of communication. There's a lot of talking. Yes. Communication, community. There would be no shame. Uh, menstrual products would be free. Sure. Right? There would be space and time given to those in corporate world where that you're not going to just get bereavement and parental leave. You could have menstruation leave, right? Or you can take care of yourself if you're having extreme periods. I think the, you know, there's a, one of my favorite books is called The Red Tent. And so we might've mentioned it last, last season, but love it. And they talk about just how women took care of each other in this Mm. book while they were on their menses. Like, that it's more of a community, right? That there's no hiding the tampon up your sleeve when you go to the bathroom. Where it's like, I'm going to just carry it or your cup, whatever, because I I don't menstruate anymore. <laughs> like, loud and proud, here it is, mm-hmm. right? And that that me- that people who don't menstruate would be informed as well, right? And because like remember, fear. yes, remember then they were sending. Sally, what's Sally Ride? Sally Ride to space for six days, and they sent a hundred tampons. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is power. I, I mean, yes. I just I get flabbergasted, and and knowledge is logic. Like, yeah, a hundred tampons <laughs> is not a logical one, one week long supply. And it is a great example of misinformation. We live in the post-truth era and all, for whatever that means. Like we're here holding the fort, trying to just keep it real with menstrual combo. But people can find conflicting messages online. I mean, CPCs, crisis pregnancy centers across the country will tell you that they're going to give you real information about pregnancy support. And they don't. Right. And they don't and they're not. So it's... Mm It's challenging to be a menstruating human looking for reality information. The best thing you can do is know yourself and then talk to other people experiencing what you're experiencing. The best thing you can do is be armed with the tornado warning before the tornado arrives. Right. And then if you're concerned, right, like if something doesn't seem normal or typical to those people that you've talked about, then say it. Right. There's no shame in being like, holy hell, what is going on? I had this extreme pain or look at the size of this clot, right? Because those are, in, that could be indications of something else, right? Let's not just get back on the horse. No, talk about it. Talk about it. There's ask questions. Me. Find a provider that you like. Move out of Florida. To to. Get the hell out of Florida. Florida, man. There's a local radio station here that does a whole thing on Florida almost every day, and it's Florida's effed up. Like, no. what happened in Florida again? Yeah. See, so do if we do, if we have any listeners in Florida, if we do, and you're menstruating, we'd love to talk to you. We want to make sure you're okay, yes. but also like, yes. what is it like on the front lines of what is happening on this for the state there? Yes. Get in touch. We want to collect more yeah. clips too from those of you willing to share, willing to talk about it. I know we have a couple set recordings with some folks. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, reach out to us. It's a mailbag at bloodstreammedia.com if you want to email us. 
Or you can contact Jess or I on Instagram. We are happy to chat with you. Please, please, please. We want to hear your stories. We want to know what's going on. We want to be able to support you too through all of this because we're all on our own journeys. But as we were talking about, community is so important and we're here for the conversation. Here for the combo. And I feel the difference when menstruators speaking that I speak to over the past five years of conversation, like fibroids was not a word that was as common. So there isn't feeling the ripple effect of people adding to the combo online, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. On social media. Well, we're going to keep talking about it. That's it for now. But join us every month, the second Thursday of each month for new episodes of Flow, Straight Talk about Extreme Periods. And hey, would you leave us a review? Give us some stars. And if you're on TikTok, follow at How's Your Flow. Sarah, see you soon. See ya. Flow is produced by Bloodstream Media and edited by Kay Vermeil. Shout out to Flow's creative director, Amy Board, and hosts Jessica Richmond and Sarah Watson. New episodes are available the second Thursday of each month. Hey, that's the day after I start menstruating. <laughs>